Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you at Oilers Now. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Want to mention to you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Our headliner today is presented by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and for Mid-City Construction Management, welcome back Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, Elliot, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, man? Good. We got you on Skype for the second time in a week. It's amazing how this is working. Wow. Well, oh, you guys said it was better sound, so I'll, I'll talk like Charlie Brown's uh, teacher so that, you know, it's it's a little more difficult. I thought you were saying you're going to have to talk like Charlie Brown's teacher because of who you're doing the interview with. You sort of have to <laughs> get to that level. Uh, anyhow, uh, all right. Uh, I guess uh, let's start with maybe the biggest surprise of uh, free agency. And it happened last night. You broke it. That was Johnny Goodrow going to the Columbus Blue Jackets, not going to uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey, or the New York Islanders. And uh, I got to tell you, I got some empathy for uh, fans down in Calgary. That's got to be a hard situation. What happened there, Elliot? Uh, you know, I, I think I've had a bit of time to, to think about it. Um, you know, I, I, I think that... Look, Calgary made him the best offer. Uh, you know, we we, we, we reported uh, overnight uh, a couple nights ago, but now it's everywhere. They offered him 84 million, eight times 10 and a half. And there was another team that told me out there that uh, that they they heard on what day was it? On Tuesday afternoon, that it was going to get done, and that they heard that that Goudreau was going to be off the market, and. Uh, you know, I followed up with this person actually this morning. I was talking to them, and he told me that you know it was they weren't the only team that heard that. They heard it was going to get done, and I think just at the last minute, um, when Goudreau really thought about it, um, I think he just decided that it was he he, he chose as everybody said, uh, family over the money. And at least the money from Calgary. I just think at the end of the day, when it really came down to it, and, you know, I think players and their representatives are generally pretty smart. And I think they knew that there was a good chance on Tuesday night that if he did not take that deal in Calgary, that he was not going to do anywhere close to that, that he'd be leaving a significant amount of money on the table. 
But at the end of the day, I just think that Goudreau made the choice he made and he wanted to go closer. And, you know, and so, and I think yesterday, once the market opened, I, I don't think Philly was there. I really don't think the Islanders were there. I mean, they might have, with Lamorello, it's always really hard to tell, but I think, I, I just don't think that they were anywhere really close to where it had to be. And I think it came down to Columbus and Jersey. And uh, I do think Columbus made the better offer. And, you know, that was one reason he took it. But I heard he called a lot of people. And one of the people I think he called was Eric Goodbranson, who played with him last year and signed with Columbus before he did. And they had a, I heard they had a long conversation about it. And... Uh, I think that he called a bunch of other guys. Like he mentioned Robinson, the player there. He mentioned Cam Atkinson. Um, and I, I think he was he was sold on it. And I know there's some people who say that Columbus is still, you know, 500 miles away or 500 kilometers away from his family. Look, like in this day and age of travel, that's nothing. Like that, that's really nothing. It's, it's, it's much more of a challenge to get to Calgary, uh, you know, sometimes than it would be for to get to Columbus. I just think at the end of the day, he 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 thought hard about Calgary, but he just decided to pass for family reasons, and he and then he took, and then Columbus was the best offer, and he did his research on it, and he liked what he and he liked what he heard. I think that it's as simple as that. And I know, I know the Flames are hurt, and uh, I know their fans are hurt. And, uh, you know, I don't think that'll go away. You, you look at how the Islanders fans still treat John Tavares, who made his own decision, too. Um, uh, it's, it's that, that's not going to go away, but you have to pick up the pieces and move on. And so far, I think the Flames have been very smart. They haven't entered into a quote-unquote rebound relationship. They've been patient. They've been careful. I'm sure they're going to deal with, uh, with Matthew Kachuk and figure out what this means. But... Uh, Look, at the end of the day, I I just think he he thought hard about staying because they made such a huge offer, and it was and it was an offer that I think was structured the way a lot of players like it to be structured now, and I just didn't think at the end of the end of the day he he wanted to do it. Uh, we're joined by Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, brought to you by Mid City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality, most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit mid-city.ca. So, no rebound relationship. Does that take them out of the Nazem Kadri mix, or were there reports true about Kadri maybe not wanting? I thought we heard a couple of years ago that Calgary might have been interested in him before, and uh, I'm not sure how far that went down the path. Is there any way they get in? on uh, Nazem Kadri. So right now, Bob, it is mountain time, 1239, okay? I could always be wrong on this. I don't think the Flames are in it. Uh, I, I don't think the Flames are in on Kadri. Now, he did turn down a trade there a couple of years ago. There you go. Uh, and, and he did. It's, it's common knowledge. They had a deal worked out with the Maple Leafs, and he said no. And... Uh, I don't think the Flames want to revisit that. Uh, I, I don't think it's what they're looking for. Um, I, I think they want to be patient. I, I don't think, I think they realize that they've got to throw a big number at somebody. It's the guy who's already on their roster and can be a free agent in a year. Um, I, I just think that that's what they want, they, they prefer to do. I mean, I could be wrong on this one. 
But as I'd heard, as of this morning, I had heard that the Flames had not shown willingness to really enter that, and uh, and I, I think that's actually the smart move for them. I, I I don't think I think the worst thing you can do in the aftermath of this, it's it's like a it's like a relationship that breaks up, right? Like everybody listening to this has had this situation. You break up uh, in a relationship, you're not you're, you're you're upset, you're devastated by it. And then it comes the question, do you make good decisions or do you make bad decisions? And I think the Flames are trying to make good decisions. Uh, 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 everything okay there, Elliot? Yeah, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm standing on my back deck and a bar from my umbrella just uh, like flew out by me. Oh, okay. I was almost... I was almost impaled while doing this radio show. Uh, I, I Somebody thought, must not have liked that answer. Uh, maybe it was one of your exes, because I can tell you that that my exes were <laughs> my exes were elated when I was uh, eliminated out of the uh, out of the uh, situation. They were very happy. They're like, ah, oh, God. Anyhow, uh, Bob, I can tell you this: my exes, they wouldn't have missed. <laughs> I know you went to Western. You must have dated some tough girls along the way. So there you go. They, they went for the uh, they went from the boy from the prep school. Eh? There you have it. So uh, okay. So obviously Brad Trey Living he can't afford to walk back down this path with Matthew Kachuk. They need to get this extension done because if Kachuk just takes the qualifier, they, could they not be in the same position again? Because he could be a UFA yeah, they in a year. They could be, um, and uh, uh, you know, I, and I, I think what this does is, you know, this is a business. It's a sport, but it's a business, and sometimes it feels like more of a sport, and sometimes it feels like more of a business. And this is one of those situations that reminds you this is a business. And you know, one thing about the Kachaks is they're they're a really smart they're a really smart family. Um, they you know be. You know, because they've lived through hockey for a long time and they, they understand it, they they are very they are very smart when it comes to negotiating contracts and understanding both Matthew and Brady's marketplace. And the Flames know that, and they know that the Canucks uh, Kachucks know that. And I just think Bob that because of what happened, they will demand clarity or seek clarity. And we'll see where that takes us. All right. Uh, let's get some clarity on Nazem Kadri. Uh, is it possible that Colorado offloads a contract? Chris McFarland, the worst-kept secret in hockey, that he was going to be the next GM of the Colorado Avalanche because they stopped allowing him to interview for jobs. Um, can they still retain Kadri's services if they move a guy like Gerard or Comfort? Uh, I think they could. I believe that has been a subject of conversation. Um, I'm not surprised that, you know, we're sitting here again in the middle of the day, uh, mountain time, and we don't have an answer yet. Uh, I, I, the process that they were doing was basically once free agency opened yesterday, submit your offer and, and we'll go from there. So I, I think that's what kind of happened. Um, you know, there was there was one person I know who told me they thought that Cadbury was going to sign yesterday for something that was out there. It obviously didn't happen. Um, and I, I'm, sh I'm sure both Colorado and Cadre are sorting it out in terms of, A, can Colorado do it? And B, is there anything else out there that really appeals to him? You know, I will, I will say this as we wait for this to unfold. 
I, I think this has been a really tough marketplace on on a lot of players. Uh, Bob, I, I I think it's been a real rude awakening for some of them. Uh, about you know, like some did really well. Goodrow did really well. Giroud did really well. Vincent Trocheck did really well. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev did really well. Uh, Erica Branson did really well. But I think there's some other guys who have been shocked about you know, how they got squeezed. You know, aside from Kadri, there's some really good players who aren't signed yet. John Klingberg, Nino Niederreiter, um, you know, and and I, I think that people have realized, even Goudreau, at the end of the day, Bob, I think there were only three teams that were really serious. It yeah. was Cal- Calgary, Columbus, and New Jersey. So uh, I think that some of these guys have found that the market is a lot tighter than they thought. And um, I think Kadri... I'll be interested to see what the number is just because I think it's it's real challenging out there. Darren Ferris represents them. Do you think there's two or three teams in on him at this point? Uh, I think there are a few. I, I definitely think there are a few teams in on him. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what, like, he's a little older, right? Like, he's 31 years old. So I've always wondered what's that going to mean in terms of term and number. And I think one of the other things that happened, too, I, I, I you know, I really thought that Seattle was going to make a run here in yep. some of these situations. But especially for Kadri, like, you look at them down the middle now. They've got Wright. They've got Beniers. You know they need, like, a, a more experienced center. But remember, they've got Yanni Gord there. So, like, I, like, like does, does, a, does a big number deal for Kadri make sense anymore in Seattle? I, I, I thought they'd be there, and now, now I'm not so sure. I just don't know. Uh, and some people thought Seattle might make sense for Klingberg, but they signed Justin Schultz, who's probably a third-pairing guy you want to protect and then have him run a power play at this stage in his career. Uh, and if Klingberg does leave Dallas, does that increase the probability that Jeff Petrie ends up there? No, I, I got to tell you, they signed Colin Miller yesterday. You know, Dallas is is really tight. Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense for them a- anymore. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, like there's been it's been so back and forth with Petrie and Dallas that I always kind of assumed they were there. But I thought Petrie was a possibility in Carolina before Burns landed. And the other thing, too, about Klingberg, I really thought Seattle was going to be aggressive on him, too. I just I just heard that the market there was softer than than he thought it would be. We'll see how it plays out. You know, one of the Jeff Americans had heard and I, and I think Jeff's sources were really good on this one that Ottawa had considered uh, Klingberg as a partner for Shabbat. You know, we'll see if that goes anywhere. All right. A couple other names for you, Dylan Strom and Phil Kessel. Yeah, I I know last year at the deadline that Nashville took a long look at Kessel. I I wondered if that would be the case yesterday. I have to tell you, I didn't hear anything on Kessel yesterday. So I have to follow that one up. I, I just don't know. Dylan Strom, I heard Philly was a team that was really in it, um, but I also heard there were a lot of teams in it. I, I, I'm very curious to see where Strom ends up, both in terms of location and contract. Like Ilya Samsonov, he took a chance. Um, he, he's, he took a one-year deal at probably below his, at below his number because he thinks he's got a chance to be the number one guy in Toronto. And I was talking to someone about Dylan Strom this morning because I knew you'd ask me about him, so I figured I'd better be ready. And what they said to me was, you know, there's two things here. Number one, he just played in a place where they clearly didn't believe in him. 
So he, he wants to go somewhere where people believe in him. But number two, there's enough people looking at him that you're trying to get the best, that you have a chance to make a really nice deal. So I think he's just trying to find the balance between, you know, what's the best offer and where's the place he really thinks he'll play for someone that believes in him. I wouldn't be surprised if you guys are in on that. It makes sense. But I, I heard there were quite a few teams. Well, the Oilers are going to have to move out some money. They have three pending RFAs, and the arbitrator is playing a factor in some, uh, you know, some guys not getting qualified. We've seen that repeatedly over yep. the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Yamamoto and Paul Yarvey have fairly compelling cases in the high twos, low threes. That mm-hmm. might be scaring the Oilers. Are going to, if they're going to get in on Strom, like I think Edmonton Elliott can sign two one million dollar forwards. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Strom's the guy. I mean, we all know the orders were in on Connor Brown. They were going to have yeah. to move out to make money happen there. I don't know mm-hmm. what price point Strom comes in at. I mean, if you if you tell me it's That's a million and a half in one year all day, but I got to think he can get two and a half or three million bucks somewhere. I, I, I think, but I think it's not only that, Bob. I think he's going to want an opportunity to. He's he's look. He just had a big point, like not a big point season, but a solid point season. And it didn't matter. I think he has to go where someone, he, somewhere where he thinks it's going to matter. And I and I think that's going to be important to him. And you know, you just talked about you know your arm cases. I think one of the issues you're having with Pulleyarvi is that anywhere you try to move him, I think they want you to take money back. Yeah. Because Pulleyarvi's arm case is decent, and I think that's one of the issues. It's not that, like, like I, I I've I've heard you know some uh, some talk about. There's no market for Pugliarvi. I don't think that's quite true. I think the problem is that you guys want to move Pugliarvi to create cap space, and other teams are saying, well, we don't have a lot of room either, um, so you have to take a salary back or something back. And the teams that are do have cap space, well, look what everybody has to pay to do it. And I think if you guys... Try. I think you guys kind of want to avoid that. All right. Uh, one final one for you, Ellie, and that's pertaining to Edmonton. Uh, they yep. get Evander Kane back. Uh, that was, uh, I think we saw some of Ken Holland's experience in negotiating that deal for Evander mm-hmm. Kane. Uh, they get Kulak, who the analytics guys love, Brett Kulak. And then mm-hmm. Jack. So does, Ke- so does Kevin Bieksa. Kevin Bieksa loves Brett Kulak too. There you go. Oh yeah. So does Ron McLean. Those two guys. You, you'd think that Kulak was like Bobby Orr the way those two guys talk about him. I know a guy that used to talk that way about Joffrey Lupul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, five times five. So uh, Jack Campbell, Brett Kulak, and Evander Kane. I mean, those were the Oilers. Basically, their three moves over about a twenty-hour window. Uh, you know, are, are, are Edmonton better today than they were at the end of the regular season and, and in the playoffs? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think they are. Like, like the one thing is, is that I, I don't think whoever plays goal for you has to be uh, like Vasilevsky. I just think that, um, you, you know, like Smith. I, I don't like to, I don't like to rip Smith. He's a battler, and man, the stuff he was playing through. I think I think when it becomes clear what he was playing through this year, people are going to be like, wow. Um, but. You know, the the one thing that they needed uh, from him was just making it a little bit less of a roller coaster ride, and I, I think Campbell is capable of that. Um, I, you know, I think Campbell will be. Uh, someday we're going to get the full story on what happened here in Toronto. The negotiation went way off the rails. There were two offers at the beginning of the year 
one from Toronto to Campbell, one from Campbell to Toronto, and then it might as well have been one, you know, like one was in Halifax and the other was in Victoria. Like they were so far apart and it never got back on track. And I, and I think there's hurt feelings o over that on both sides. And I, I, I just think that Campbell will come in incredibly motivated. And I, I just think he has to be solid. He doesn't have to be great. He has to be solid. And I think he can deliver that to you. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another ad you guys make here or there. But, you know, uh, the one thing I do think is, you know, Keith, Keith, uh, like I know the thing about Keith is there's a big battle line over what he was or wasn't. But I know that there were players in there that felt that his experience as the guys got into the playoffs or the down points of the season was really valuable. And I, I just think that now that he's gone, I, I think that just the group as a whole has to learn the experience of this year. It's Edmonton is such an emotional city. You, you guys love your Oilers. And I, but I think that the key is for the players is can you avoid the roller coaster of emotions? Can you keep your emotions flat? And Keith was very good at that. And I just hope by osmosis uh, that stays with the group without him there. Awesome stuff. Elliot, uh, your summer gets rolling here. We'd like to thank you for doing your fifth consecutive season on Fridays and Oilers now. Uh, like all relationships, uh, I know you got to do some off-season evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we'll see if we can work some magic. We'd love to have you back in the fall, sir, in the middle of September if you're up for it. Well, you know what? I I, I love, I, Bob, you know I love coming on with you. Uh, you know I, lo I love doing the show with you. And, uh, like, uh, I, I love coming on in Edmonton. Uh, whenever, I, whenever I come on here, I always get uh, DMs. 50% uh, are, that was great. 50% are, you're an idiot. But... That's the great thing about broadcasting hockey in Canada is everybody, it matters. So I'm happy to come on with Bob. I hope you have a great summer and a great summer to all of the great hockey fans of Northern Alberta. Awesome stuff, Elliot. Thanks for your time. Take care, man. Oh, let's not turn my mic off there. It's uh, 1254. This is like the 13th show I've done in studio in the last two and a half years. Elliot Friedman, again, he joined us all season long for Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. It's 1254 in Edmonton. I'm going to bang off some texts, and then we're going to queue it up and get the phone calls going just after 1 o'clock. You're listening to Oilers now. It is 1256 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you. Wow, guys want to jump in early on the calls. Should I should I bang some off right here right now? What do you think? Let's do it. Thanks, Derek. 780-496-0063. We are going to open up the River Cree Resort Casino hotline right from the get-go and start with Fred on line number one. Fred, how are you doing? Great, Bob. Uh, Ken Holland did a fantastic job yesterday. I was kind of, in a way, hoping we could have got Nicholas Delorier, but like. Of course, that didn't happen, but there's still quite a ways to go before the roster set. Now, I got a different look on Johnny Goudreau. Uh, maybe he looked up north and said, we're never going to win anything with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane there. Do you think that might have factored in his decision just a little bit also? I don't know what factored into his decision. I was shocked that uh, he did not resign in Calgary. And I have empathy for the Flames, i got to tell you. Uh, oh, so do I, big time. That's a t I mean, we've been there before. We've watched the Oilers lose 
terrific players and Chris Pronger requests a trade and Glenn say they're being forced to sell Wayne Gretzky. So uh, interesting point by you. How about another one here? Uh, Duncan Keith, who was one of my favorite defensemen of this generation, I love the Blackhawks, my second team. Do you think he maybe had a good shot with, say, Patrick Kane and said if there's ever an opportunity <laughs> to come play in Edmonton, why not go to Edmonton? And maybe Kenny Holland has a little rabbit up his sleeve later in the year. What do you think of that one? Uh, they can eat half. The orders would have to broker a three-way to get it down a 2.5. He's at $10.5 million, get it down a 5 point. 2.5 and then half of that is 2.625 they'd have to do like two trades never say never fred that's what i would say to you hey, how about king king mcdavid on the line wouldn't that be a treat to watch well uh, we'll wait and see what happens thanks for a call fred take care you bet 1258 7804960063 uh here's what we're gonna do uh we're gonna carry uh, some calls into through the one o'clock news update Let's get after it. I'd like to get people's thoughts. 780-496-0063. You tell me what you think of the body of work by the Oilers so far. Uh, you can also add what you think Edmonton still needs to add. And do you have any empathy for the position that Flames fans are in down in Calgary as well? We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, check that. It's with Rhea LaHue. Rhea LaHue up next with a global news weather traffic update. And then back with you when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.